Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I am still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is a fellow Janet. Our name is rare enough in society these days that anyone named Janet, when you meet another Janet, we get pretty excited, as you'll see in this episode. (laughs) Janet Walmsley. Janet was a dental hygienist for 27 years before her son found an ad in the newspaper for auditions for a theater production and said, Mom, you should audition. And then her career in acting just skyrocketed from there. We have a ton in common, not just our first names, but also we are both West Coasters. She lives there. I'm still a West Coaster at heart because I was born and raised out in the West. But again, we are both second act actors and really committed to celebrating those of us who decided to pursue a career in acting after first act and that little bit later on in life. Please enjoy the lovely, charming, incredible fellow Janet, Janet Walmsley. He's a he's a good looking guy. And he's helped with well, I'm I'm biased, of course, because I I think I look like him. Of course. That's good. Well, you're, you're very, you're, you've got a real natural prettiness about you, so um, oh, I'm, thank I'm you. sure it's all my dad. Yeah, it's your, it's your dad. And I'll say I'm my dad too. <laughs> yeah. uh, well that's cool. Say it, there's nothing wrong with as we'll talk this there's nothing wrong coming in at an at a at a older age. Exactly what I did. Oh. Yeah. 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 So yeah. With that being said, tell me your story, well, fellow Janet. H- hello, hello. How are you, uh, Janet? Uh, is this sort of funny when I heard your name was Janet? I was going, her name's Janet too. Well, I'll remember her name. I'll know to remember her name. Uh, well, do you know the funny thing was, it was kind of surprise how I came back into acting. Uh, I did it, um, which a lot of actors have done. I did it in elementary school, high school, junior high. You know, you do the theater play, you do the plays, you do the get into choirs and things like that. And then I got into some modeling and some some commercials. But then at 17 uh, or 16, when I was going to graduate from school, I had gotten these, um, I'd submitted, I was in Manitoba, I come from Brandon. And I submitted to Toronto and I submitted to Vancouver to acting schools. And I got accepted in both, but when I went to show it to my parents, they said, you are getting a real profession like your sister's, because I was the youngest, and I went, but acting is a real profession. Of course, the sulk went on. So I went in and ended up doing dental hygiene assisting for 27 years. Um, So the surprise to get back into acting was my son, who I had become a single parent, and I had my son, who was a very young teen, and my daughter, Jenny, who was diagnosed with autism at uh, three. That's a whole different story. Um, but I remember him calling me into the living room this one night. I was fixing stuff, finishing stuff off in the kitchen. He said, Mom, he says, come here. He says, I remember how much you liked um, doing plays in that in school, and you showed me your yearbook. He says, I want you to go audition for this. And there was a play that was in the paper called Harvey. And this was in the Okanagan, because we were living in the Okanagan in Vernon. And he says, I want you to go audition for this play. And I looked at him and I went, 
oh, I says, that is very sweet of you. Very sweet of you. But I says, I'm not making a fool of myself. I'm going to go to some play, you know. And I says, and I haven't done it since I was 16. And he said, and he, my son has got these big, beautiful blue eyes that he got from his grandpa, my dad. And he said, please, please, you do so much for Jenny. You do so much for me. Please, please, please do it. And the next thing I'm saying is, okay. But in my head, I'm going, are you crazy? Why would you even suck to say you're going to go do this? But I had to because I promised him I would. So I phoned, got a uh, audition time, went did the audition. Gotta say, had a great time with it, had so much fun. But as I left out of the theater, I thanked them and left. I went, okay, Janet, got in the car, get back to reality. You're a single mom. You got these two kids. You know, get back to reality. And wouldn't you know it, the next day I get a phone call from the assistant director and she goes hey Janet this is Scotty she says we loved your audition um what you take on the role of Myrtle Mae Simmons and Harvey and I'm just going you know like you see in the cartoons your mouth their jaws drop I'm just going what so she had to repeat herself and say yeah we want you to take on the role of Myrtle Mae love to have you You, we just loved you what you did and I'm going that word I said again okay and then when she hung up I'm still looking at the phone going what just happened? And then so I did my first uh, play, which my mom got to see. My dad, unfortunately, passed away suddenly, but my mom got to see. And I remember coming up afterwards because they have the opening night party. And I remember her coming up. She goes, I'm so sorry, Janet. And I looked at her and I thought maybe she broke something at the because she was staying with us because she was in White Rock. And I said, oh, it's OK, Mom, we can replace it. She goes, no, no, no. She says, I'm sorry. I never let you go to those acting schools. She says, oh my God. I, yeah, she said, I saw how much you loved it and your passion for it. And I said, Mom, I was just young. I was a bit upset, yes. But I says, hey, I got to do it now. Never thinking, Janet, that I would further. I never thought I'd get back into acting. So I ended up doing more plays. I ended up directing. Then I ended up being on the board. And then my daughter got accepted to Vancouver Film School. So I moved to... Um, Vancouver, and that's where things really started popping. I mean, I started doing as much as you could in the Okanagan was with acting, but then someone saw me on stage and says, "Hey, you you got knit factor. You got to get on film and TV." And I went, "What? Like, what's happening here?" And then it all began. It all began here. One of the guys I was taking classes with when I was living in Vernon, my friend and I would drive five hours, take a three-hour class, drive back. That's where the passion is, right, for an actor. And he introduced me to a Vancouver agent, and the rest is history. Wow. That was a long mouthful, wasn't it? (laughs) What? That's such a lovely story. And I think, especially with the connection with your mom, like that must have been such a, what a moment. Yeah, I've got goosebumps. I really do have goosebumps. Me too. Because um, (laughs) my dad never got to see me go. And I knew my dad wouldn't have probably minded because when my mom was saying, that's not happening when I was 16, 17, my dad's behind her going, (laughs) because <laughs> my dad I'm very much my father <laughs> so and my, my mother was British more reserved but lovely woman um, but yeah so uh, yes so to have her say that um, just really hit the old tugged at the old heartstrings. yeah when you went to that audition you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I love what you kind of said there about you kind of got to like, it's like escapism, right? Yes. That's what that's what acting is, right? Escaping and then you kind of get brought da- back down to reality. Yes. Is that what's kind of keeping you 
in the world, do you think? Or what else do you love about this acting weird industry we're now in? Well, you know what I love about it so much? When, when I first... Um, because when you do theater, right? Um, theater, you have to be you know, very expressive. You have to make sure your voice carries, your facial features goes right out to the back of the theater. Where when I started doing um, acting classes... And I remember Matthew from Actors Foundry. He said, "said to me, okay, Janet, you got, you got, you got this. You can act." He says, "But we got to get you to tone it down." Because after I looked at myself the first time on screen when I did my scene, I went, "Oh my God, that was scary." It was like Greta Garber, whatever her name. She goes, "It's time for my close up." Well, that's when I was like on the screen, and I just sort of went like this. So, I think it's that. Do you know? I think it's this. My passion for acting comes not for the money. I mean, yes, we work very hard as actors. You know, a lot of people go, oh, you just learned your lines, then you go for it. I go, we don't just learn our lines and go for it. There's not a homework dissection, you know. you got to know your scene, your characters. But it's just the fact that I don't do it for the money. I don't do it for the fame or I want to be star, get the attention. That, I like under the radar. You know, you see what actors movie stars that go through sometimes for themselves personally and families but I my passion for it is I know that this audience member whoever's in the audience whether it be stage whether it be you're in a movie theater or whether they're just watching Netflix or whatever on TV or whatever those people have paid for whatever you know way they've done it but who knows what their day is like did they have a bad day did they have a hard day at work are they on a date like do they just want to escape from that world and come play with you in in your world and i think if i've made them laugh cry get mad um get scared or just be confused i've done my job cuz i've brought them into just them into my school my skin so my skin so that they feel the whole scenario as 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 well and i think what i really enjoy about acting is I don't know if you remember, this is probably your dad and I, Zira, but Mr. Dress-Up in the Tickle Truck. Of course! Oh, my God! It's, yep. yeah, and it's like jumping into Mr. Dress-Up's trickle, tick, tickle Truck. We get to do this all the time and get on this different wardrobe, these different faces, and we get to go play dress-up. Who else gets to go do that? Whether it be a drama or a dark comedy or comedy or Nickelodeon or whatever. That's the passion that keeps me in it and I know some people find it hard because we know that sometimes acting can be fickle sometimes it can be doggy dog I'm going to be very up and down and I always in the class I teach shifting lanes I always give my four p's um so that you hold on to number one the passion um you hold on to the perseverance you hold on to um the positiveness uh, uh, of it all mm-hmm. so it, it, it's just so that um, you just hang on to that. You always remember why you got into acting in the first place in that first audition or, or first background role you did. And you just instill that and try to not let your, your inner flame flicker, but let it stay, stay strong. Mm. Is there anything, so your first act, I mean, if we were to like define it, it would be like dental hygiene. Yeah. But I think there's so much more to that first act, right? Oh. With your life as a single mom, with your kids. Yeah. Um, what have you found you've been able to bring in from that experience now into your acting career? Yeah, it's a, that is a, a really good question because when I look at my dental assisting, one thing that you really had to, um, and, and when hygiene too, is that that 
that patience and that listening ear to to a patient. Mm. Because let me tell you, people going into a dental chair isn't their favorite place to be. I had an RCMP guy almost break my hand because he was so scared <laughs> in the chair. But it's it's that respect to your patient. It's the respect to your coworkers, your dentist you're working to. It's the working together as a as a team. And we know in acting, um, you work as a team. Right, you work as a group. You work with mm-hmm. the director one on one, like a dental assistant works with a, a dentist one on one. But there's there's also I I find with um with acting and with um with dental assisting is just um being there for 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 one another. Um, just like in as being a single parent, I had to be both parents. Um, unfortunately, both um I I had two marriages and both um. I'm not going to do a um, Elizabeth Taylor go for eight marriages, but I I wanted to um, be there for both my, my my children, and but I had to play the mother and the and the the father role. So I feel mm-hmm. a lot with um, this first act um, has given me the ability to have the patience, the respect, which I feel I always had, but I learned even more more of it from from doing the job as a dental assistant and and the one-on-oneness and and making the other person feel good and listening ear right Mm. when we're Mm. in an audition the best magic comes no matter what you've done your homework on but if you're really tunnel vision and listening to your reader and what they're saying magic can come out i've been a reader in casting rooms too and and it's just that feel back and forth that 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 you get with that that listening listening ear that's really interesting and it's funny that you're the first person to kind of mention that listening aspect of the first act and I think you know a lot of people's first acts were like maybe not so much ones that required a lot of listening a lot of collaboration and business acumen which is obviously very important for the business of acting but yeah and I think that is making me really think about my first act will still continue like simultaneous act of being a doctor, like how much I need to remember how much that benefits me with the listening part of acting, which honestly I had no clue how important listening was when I first started acting. No clue. Cause I thought just like what you were saying, people have told you, you just learn your lines and then you go. Yeah. And I always remember, I remember my coaches saying this to me too. I first start, it's not about you. When you're acting, yeah. it's about the other person. And I felt that mm-hmm. say, same way in the dental chair. It's not about me. It's about that patient. Uh, because I always right. knew it wasn't... Uh, some people didn't mind going, but a lot were very fearful in the dental chair. I, I can understand mm-hmm. it. Um, but then what I did for quite a few years, I was also in the kids' room. Oh, my gosh. Talk about going Disney. I went Disney theatrical with these kids because I would be shouting out, okay, here's the flavors of fluoride because I do it like ice cream. And I'd have adult yeah. patients in other hygienist rooms going, hey, we want to be in her room. There, she's there having fun because I made it fun for them, right? So you get yeah. into the tickle trunk and I made it like I was the fun <laughs> dental assistant hygienist with them because I'd have kids from three to young teens. And I just thoroughly enjoyed that so there's the communication because young kids number one they do not like being at the dentist but then i'd have parents come to me they can't wait to come they want to see what flavor fluoride you have so there's (laughs) that as well i had to put that little aspect in as well working with kids so yeah 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 absolutely 
When you teach your class, because again, correct me if I'm wrong, is that's a class that you have mainly for people who are kind of coming into this a bit older? Yes, yeah, shifting lanes. Yeah, changing lanes. Yeah, I've. Um, this was something I had a vision a few years back, and there's a fellow named Mark Gadet from Activan Studios. I met him when I first moved from Vernon to Vancouver, and I talked to him about it, and he said, "I'm game. You want to take it through our studio? Because I, I do it on Zoom that way, and get people from across across Canada." And mm. what shifting lanes for me is a paying it forward to, and I do it for these people. I do it for people who have never acted before, but wish they had of, but life got in the way. And yes, my class, it used to be 40 and up, so, but now we've changed it to 35 and up. Um, mm. So it's paying for it for people like that who never got the opportunity and they're kicking themselves in the butt. They wish they did because I always say it's never too late. It's never too late yeah. to go for your dreams. It's never too late to go after goals and don't let anyone or anybody say you can't because I had in front of me where I had family when I told them I was going to get back intact and you're tried out at 40 I had family saying seriously Janet I had friends going what what are you doing now you know and you're just and then I had my boss at the time because I went from dental assisting after 26 27 years I was long in the mouth in it so time to get out but um he said to me Janet there is no way that that is ever going to happen he says you think you're going to get on tv or a movie well <laughs> i don't think so and i just went oh and that made i just went well thank you for your opinion so i think back to that and that's why i thought was shifting lanes you know people that have gone through that and people who are maybe wanting to get back in don't let anyone stop you because what you're going to do is you're going to kick yourself again if you don't give yourself the opportunity so i do it for people like that i do it for background actors who want to cross over to speaking roles Getting to think, oh, should I do it? Should I not? And then I do it for theater actors crossing over to film and TV. Mm. Maybe I want to give it a try. Oh, maybe I shouldn't. And then even novice actors that maybe have done a student film or maybe done a short film and think, hmm, I kind of like this. I think I want to further it more. So it's my way of paying it forward to let them know I started later in life and I had these people saying negative things to me about it. But look where I am. I, I've been able yeah. to do, like, I never thought my wildest dreams, I'd be on a TV show or I'd be in a movie. I, I, I never, ever thought. I never even thought I'd get back to theater. So that is my main goal for, for this, is to let people know, go for it. You might really surprise yourself. Or you find out if you don't. You know, that's, that's but at least you went for it. You A person owes themselves that. You deserve that if that's yeah. what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense, I hope you I got have, that across right yet. Oh, 100%. And so do you have any advice for people who want to try that? Like any, I would say any practical advice, because you already gave some great advice. Yes. Just like getting out no, no, that makes a lot dude. of sense. I, I think, and this yeah. is what I, that's, you, you asked such great questions, Janet. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I, I believe... The number one thing to do if you really want to consider getting into acting is to get yourself with uh, a background agency. Um, there's two things here to do. Get yourself with a background agency because what I find background does is you're, yes, you're on the set, but you're on the outside looking in. So when mm-hmm. you're in background, 
you get to see how the camera operates, how the riggers work, how the sound work, how the boom work, how hair and makeup works, and then right to the nitty-gritty of how a director works with an actor, how props change or lines change or blocking changes. We all know that, right, Jen, how that can all change. And then you see how the producer comes in and works with the director, who in turn works with the... Um, uh, with the actor as well, and 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 the camaraderie. Sometimes you see a good set. Sometimes you see not so good a set where things are going well and things are not. But it gives you, to me, the hundred and ten percent every nook and cranny um, experience, knowledge to see what it's like on set. Because if I had some people that I knew did background, and then they get, oh, I don't, I don't like this. And then you've heard others that mm-hmm. just just love it. So then you can carry on from background, and then you can go, start going into maybe student films. Like Vancouver, we have tons of filmmaking schools here, like Vancouver Film School, um, uh, Emily Carr, Capilano, and they're all over, like Toronto all over. But it gives you that eye-opener, that enlightenment, that, that insight. Um, I always go the step-by-step approach. Um, I always feel it works a person's favor. I've heard... Uh, mainstream actors who I know who were just given it to, they just went into it just right away, like they were just given this supporting mm-hmm. your lead role, and they say, said it scared the heck out of them because they oh, said yeah. they didn't know anything about set, and, and one guy said the set was not a nice set to work on, and they said they got mentally and physically ill. So there's nothing wrong with going mm-hmm. doing a step-by-step approach, even if you're older. Um, I had a guy say to me in my class, I got to get it now. I'm 66. Like your dad's going to be in like me. Got to do it now because I'm getting older and I'm going to. But after he took my class, he said, oh God, he said, thank God I took your class. He says, because I would have jumped in not knowing anything about film and TV. And I could have really screwed up for myself to say it bluntly. He says, I would, like I said, yeah. He says, you got to be careful because you want to go a foot forward, not 10 steps back. And then another thing is Mm. get into community theater. So many casting directors and agents, when they look at your resume and they see you've done theater, they love it. Because as we all know, or what is said, theater is a lot more hard for acting than film and TV. Film and TV, you can cut, go, cut, go, cut, go. Hey, when you're doing theater, it's just you're on there for how many hours with your break in between. But hey, if there's a blooper or if there's something that happens, someone forgets their line or something happens... You got to improv and keep going. But I love theater. I'd say theater is my number one niche. But that's what I would, you know, as advice would would be to do background, then get into short films and little independent films and and do some theater. Because I always say in my class, and I I go, I always sound like a broken record because I say it every class. I go, do not put yourself in front of a a agent, which in turn will put in front of a casting director, until you are ready. And that is the development, the training, the classes, the background work, getting into short films. Because by doing that step-by-step, not only are you doing yourself a favor by doing that, but it's going to be a favor for you in front of an agent and a casting director when you go mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. And that leads beautifully into my next question, because I was just thinking about my own experiences, having that thought of, because I didn't know much about the industry, oh, yes. being like, yeah, let's like, let's go. I want to go. I want to be in front of these directors. I want to do this and do that without the, like, I was trying to run a marathon without yes. learning how to run. Like, it, and you know I what? Again, and, and that's, you know what, Janet, you, you have gone exactly where a lot of actors actors go, okay? Because I get it, 
and I explain this to, to my students, I, I, I really get it because you know what? I remember I was too. You're so passionate. You want it now. You just want to get in there. You want to show them what you've got. And you, even on a one-liner, you're almost doing a Shakespearean monologue. I've seen people and I'm just going, <laughs> holy smokes. You know, because they want to show everything they can. But I always yeah. say if you're going to see a casting director for the first time or if you're going to see an agent for the first time, Really make sure you know what your brand is. What is the number one wheelhouse mm-hmm. of a brand, a character, a role, a scenario, a genre that you can knock their socks off in an audition room and they're going to sit up and go, pardon my French, who the hell is that? You want to show yeah. that. And then the other variety of your brands will come. Uh, it, it will come. But casting directors don't know you. So an agent's going to mm-hmm. ask you, because I know, because I talent scout for my agency that I'm with, I'm their talent scout, uh, they they want to know what your brand is. What what is that role? What is that character? So that when we first put you in front of your first casting director, it's one that you can so effervescently bring it off the page. It just is so natural. It just flows. You know, you almost feel like you haven't done your homework, but you have. But you know what that's like when you get some scenes, some sides that are just oh, they're just beautiful. And they just come off the page. And then you get others, you're going to pull the teeth, but you still got to do your homework on that the writing might not be as good. But as actors, we have to get that out of there. Mm-hmm. But that's that's yeah. that's very important. So that's that's good that you mentioned that because it is, and, and especially when your passion's there. But that's when we have to ring ourselves in and we have to do this I just always feel that step by step, especially when you're starting out. Make make sure you've done background. Make sure you've done classes, workshops. Make sure you're ready. And I always say this, and I don't mean it in a meanness. I mean a very loving and caring. You do not want to put yourself in front of an agent who, in turn, like I say, puts you in front of casting director, and you're not ready because the greenness will show, um, the newness will show, and sometimes casting directors won't see you for, for six months to a year afterwards because they go, oh, lovely person, mm-hmm. but they need more training, especially with a standard American accent. <laughs> oh, my God. There's another avenue in itself that I had a shocker when I first started that I didn't even know about. Yeah. Yep. Especially up in Canada where we film a lot of Hallmark and they want standard American. I am waiting for the blessed day to occur when they go, you know what? Let's just admit that we're filming all this in Canada and we'll make all the American actors do a standard Canadian. Oh, I want to hear some stories. Yes. Oh, oh, I so agree with you. Boy, you and I are in the same wavelength because it's so, so oh, yeah. true. I have had, because when I first started out, I remember I went and saw Tiffany Mack, who's now a huge uh, casting director here. And this is when she was first starting out because mm. this was 10 11 years ago or whatever. And I remember going in, doing, doing the scene and she goes, Oh, Janet, she says, that was great. We liked it. You know, the producers liked it. She goes, ugh, you got to get rid of that Canuck accent. And I went, what? What Canuck accent? Because I wasn't dumb. I knew there was North Carolina, Virginia. I mean, I did a role on Fargo, the TV series, uh, where I did Deb. And I knew Minnesota because I'm from Manitoba. And we speak very Minnesotan. <laughs> right? So when when she said this to me, I, I I went, what? So I didn't know that there was such a big difference between the standard American accent to the standard Canadian. And something you mentioned here, which is very good, I know being in the union here, and I don't know what they're saying in Toronto, but they're, th- they're saying, oh my God, if you're going to include diversity and stuff, you should have diversity in the languages too. Because yes, when, I think of, when I think of this, I always say this. We're such a melting pot. 
this world. And so many people in the melting pot have come to the States. They've come to Canada. I feel, why can a person not use their own accent? It's not even, I know there's a difference, but the only thing I would say is if a person has an extremely strong accent where it's they're not enunciating and you can't really understand them because the accent's so strong, yes, just if they could work on it just to make it a little bit you know easier to understand. But on the whole, why can't we just all be our, ourselves? Because you're right. Like I know we do a lot of Hallmarks here, a lot of these real entertainment movies of the week. I was on, I was on one, um, a romance wedding. It was just on TV the other day. But... I, they're 95, 99%, like you say, are American productions. But I mean, really, we're waiting for the day, like you said, mm-hmm. when they finally go, let's cut this. Like, come on. You know, it, it's, it's kind of, it, to me, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's I one agree. thing that totally came up strong. And that's one thing Besides I. Besides the. No, you go. Sorry, you go. No, no, I was, I was going to ask something else, but oh. keep, keep. No, going. well, I was no. just saying, and this oh, is. Let's what... rant about accents. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going to say, this is why when I teach my class, yeah, I always say to them, you know, you got to do audition classes, scene study classes, voice work and stuff like that. But one thing I said, you got to put on top of it all is standard American for right now. For right now. Hopefully not forever. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything else besides the accent that surprised you about the entertainment industry when you got going again? Well, you know, the thing is, I I, I think um, it's very important as much to learn how the essence of being an actor, because I say acting is schmacting. Um, You have to be. It's being. It's jumping yourself into that skin of that person. But I think... Another big thing was the industry itself. Uh, I think actors, especially when they're first coming into it, and as we progress and go up our stepladder, I think it's knowing what the industry all entails. Um, The networking part of it, uh, going to events. uh, Like right here, we have like Crazy Eights. We've got the UBC uh, Awards. We've got Leo Awards and going to events and and I know some people are very introverted, so it's harder. I'm more extroverted. I'm a very sociable person. But what I found is going um, and networking and going to things like cold reading series, which help you with, with acting as well, and, and my tribe table reads and things like that, because you get to know what the industry is all about and what's going on in your industry in your area, but they also get to know you. And it's amazing a lot of the events and a lot of things I've gone to where I have booked roles because of it. Um, and I've gotten to know people, but I've also gotten to know the fickleness of it, the up and down of it. Um, the, 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 I've been very fortunate. I've worked on really good sets. Um, so I've had great directors, um, uh, co-actors and, and things like that. But I think with the industry, it's just the, the, the biggest difference between theater and, and, and film and TV because it's so, so different like we were talking about. Like it's a whole different ballgame. Um, and that was a bit of a shock to me because you just see, you just think it's acting, you act the same way you did on theater, but it's not. It's a whole, it's a whole different ballgame. But I also think for me, now I've gone the different avenues. I've gone from actor to talent scout. So I've learned in talent scout what an agent likes to see from an actor. 
you know, from their head, right from their headshots to their resume to their demo reel. And also, I have something called, I got something else I do is called um, Actors, <laughs> Ducks in a Row for Actors, where I help actors get their professional personal actor packages so they pop in front of an agent. Um, because I've had so many people want to see my agent, but they hand me their, their material and I go, oh. So I go through it all with them. And there's also something I do with a cover letter that's very different. I don't, I, I, they can do it either or. I ask for a written one or a video one. And each person is different. Yeah, so when you have a video type one, you get to know the person's personality more. You get to know what they're like in their voice, their their physical, you know, quirks or if they have anything. And it's really cool. Some people like to do it, some don't. But I try to make for each individual actor um, something that, that pops. So I've learned that from being in the industry. Um, even teaching classes in the industry has been been different for me as well. And I think it's just... Some people say that in the acting industry of Vancouver, it can be kind of clicky. Um, I I haven't per se, I don't know if you have the Toronto, I haven't per se had that. I mean, I've just, I think I'm just, I think when you're just, for me, it's a little bit more social. I'm so sociable that I just get in there, yep, who are you? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> we're well, not right in their face, but I get to know people. <laughs> well, and I think, yeah, I think I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are clicks in Toronto. And I mean... COVID obviously scrambled everything and yeah. I got into this industry during during COVID so I have no idea you know prior to COVID maybe it was just like the popular kids hung out in this side of the cafeteria I don't know yeah but yeah what I found is that the people who I've always networked with and gotten to know are just so lovely kind and generous yes but you have to be, especially in Canada, yeah. this tiny, tiny market where there's so many of us and it's quite competitive. Yes. But if you become that catty competitiveness, the word gets around. It does. And like, oh, why does. would you want to work with someone like that? Whoa. Be a nice person. Yes. And you know what? <laughs> that, that's where I love being Canadian, right, Janet? Like, we are. And I know there's nice people all over the world. But that's the thing is... Be yourself, but there's where that respect comes in. There's where that um, uh, uh, listening ear, you know, being patient, uh, but being positive, perseverance. Um, it's it's re it's really really important, and I I just find that people get very. Uh, I've had people just quit the industry. Um, because they're just not booking or they're not auditioning. And I understand it. But that's where you have to keep that, that flame <laughs> in your heart. Don't let it come to a flicker. And I know it's hard. We're all human. We're all, we're all human, and that's, that's understandable. But that's one thing I'll say about this profession. Um, you have to be patient. You have to be able to persevere. And you have to take the, the positive out of the negative because I know a lot of people when they do auditions and they think, "Oh, I should, I should have got that. Why didn't I get that?" Well, as we know, it can be down to you didn't have the right hair color, you didn't have the right eye color, you didn't have the right tone of voice. I, I had a role that the casting director and director both wanted me, and the producer said, "Yeah, she did the best audition," but I took this as a compliment when I heard him say this. Um, she's not big enough, like fat enough, and she doesn't have enough wrinkles. And I went. 
But the director was fighting with him, going, well, why can't we just put on a fat suit, and why can't we put on a, just add on the wrinkles? He wanted it all natural. So I understand that. But the thing is, when you do auditions like, like that, and that you were you were up there, you got to remember, they might think of you for another role, for another for 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 something else another tv show uh, uh, another movie and i always say and i know this sounds funny i don't want to sound like charlie sheen but to me you've already won when you've been requested for an audition because do you know how many other people were submitted for that audition but never got requested you got requested so you have to take that as a win and be proud of that Maybe you didn't book it. And the booking is the bonus, right? The booking is the bonus. Just like I say, the audition is the appetizer. You get to give a bit of yourself in that. But then you're on set, and that's the full schmork, right? Where you just yeah. yeah. Do you have any fun uh, set stories? <laughs> Favorite moment? <laughs> well, I, I, do ha- I do have a couple. Um, my, my first one, I got to say, is um, being flown to Calgary to do the third season of Fargo. And that was Ewan McGregor's season, where he played the two, the two brothers. Uh, I remember uh, when I was, we're just about ready to do our scenes, and I remember, I was just looking at some props because I was playing the secretary of Ewan McGregor's lawyer, Dan. So I'm looking at the props, and all of a sudden on my peripheral vision, I look up, and there's a person there. Puts his hand out and says, hi, Janet, I'm you, and it's so nice to meet you. And I'm going, okay, Janet, he's an actor just like you, so just smile. Because <laughs> I was ready to go, because um, I've always thought he's such a cool cool dude. So yeah. we had such a conversation. We were talking about um, the accent, and he said, oh, you're a cheater, you're from Manitoba, because I told him Manitobans, because Minnesota wasn't far away, so we used to go go for holidays there, because with a Scottish accent, he said, then learning the American oh standard. Oh my God, yeah. And he says, and then you got to learn that Minnesotan. Um, and then we talked about his hair, because he said he had to shave his hair off and put the wigs on um, to play the different wow. brothers. But then he says to me, after we were talking about it, that it was, he was going to do, they were going to do his scene just before ours, because I was doing it with the other guy. So he says... Janet, you don't want to sit here. Come watch my scene. Tell me how I do. And I went, what? (laughs) So, and then Michael Uppendale, who was the director. Oh my gosh, Michael Uppendale. He's directed Glee, Boardwalk Empires, Legion, the Hollywood series, and more. He says, yeah, Janet, come on. Come watch it. I'm going, here's me, little Janet from Vancouver. Just going, following behind them. And I was just going, whoa. And then the other actor that was working with, um, you and on this is Michael. Oh, I feel terrible. I can't remember his last name, but he played the dad and call call me your name with Timothy Chalamet. Um, he did. Oh, this guy with accents is phenomenal. Talk about accents, and he was in Boardwalk Empires. He said a lot. Well, and I got to meet him too. I'm just going. <laughs> so I thought if I never act again, I don't care because this has just been been wonderful, been been wonderful, right? But a memory from stage. <laughs> When you talk about funny moments, I was doing London Suite and had the lead character of Annie and this other fellow, he was playing my husband. And and this night um, on stage, um, it was the part where we can't find our Wimbledon tickets. And we we got flown to London to go to Wimbledon. So we're having a panic on that. And all of a sudden, I looked at him and he had this deer in the headlights look. And I went, uh-oh, he's forgot his lines. <laughs> so I'm looking 
I'm going. No. We had a jam-packed house that night, too. And I just looked at him, and I went, okay, here comes the improv. Come here, honey, I can't find my nylons, and I want to wear them today. I says, come on, I, let's look under the bed. So both, people are thinking it's part of their team. So we both jump under the bed, and then I, he goes, Janet, I forgot my line. So I said, I think this is a line if I could, because I'm talking, you know, sometimes you remember the other person's lines. So I said, he goes, oh, yeah, that's it. So then I flung up the nylons and go, oh, here they is. And I go, and then I go, oh, quit touching me. We can't do that now. We have to go to the game. So everybody's killing themselves laughing. And then the same night, that same night, I went to go open the door because the doctor was coming because my husband had hurt his back and he's laying on the floor. I go to open the door. <laughs> the door wouldn't open. <clears throat> it was hilarious. Oh, my God. So I'm putting my foot on it and going, up oh, these Darn English doors. And I'm trying to pull it open. And the doctor's playing the doctor on the side is killing himself laughing. Just literally killing himself laughing. So there's the thing. But I think a highlight for my acting career, I got to say, Janet, is when I got nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Comedy at the Ice Awards in Los Angeles. I We had so much fun. I took my daughter with me. And the director, one of the other actors, and uh, someone else from the crew, we all went and flew to L.A. for it. Because I, the people in my category, I was just going, what? Because Alexander Paul, I don't know if you know her, she is an American actress. She um, played the lieutenant in the older Baywatch series. Uh, she, her, first, for her first role was uh, for a lead actress was, which I know because it's from the old days, was, it's a cult classic. It's called Christine. It's like sort of like a horror movie. It's a possessed car. Um, and she's done other stuff. So she was in my category. Uh, Debbie Gibson, the singer, was in my category. Um, and then this gal that I met, she had just done Blythe Spirit with Angela Las Lansbury on stage. So, and these women were, these women were wonderful. And one other actress actually was from England, but just a great group. And I met my idols like Richard Hatch, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. I had a crush on him. He was in Battlestar Galactica. He was in TV movies. Judd Hirsch from Taxi was there. He was nominated. So just to be on a red carpet with all these humble people that were so kind. Um, Eric Matzloff, he was the host and he was on been on Days in Our, Our Lives for quite a long time. And he's done musical theater and that. Him and I had a connection because of the autism, because he would... Um, do sports with autistic kids. And as I said, my daughter is autistic. And so it just, it was just a humbling experience, but a fun experience. And I met so many people in the industry. Uh, and it was just a joy to be nominated. And it was such a fun role because I played a, which was really out of my league. So it was a challenge. I played a, a German sex therapist. <laughs> Oh my God! She was just oh it was, just, and he let me go for it, and I and I did. I just, I just went for it. What a right! What what's that from? It's single and dating in Vancouver. Single and dating in Vancouver. Yeah, okay. it's it's quite that it was awesome. quite quite funny. And then I guess uh, playing Grumio in uh, in Tammy of the Shrew back back home on theater. Um, I just mm -hmm. loved what what. I, he was hard to let go. That was a character that was hard for me to let go. I had so much fun with him. Yeah. I got to improv and do all this physical stuff. And to play a male character, it was very, very different. So there's just been so many highlights and fun things and meeting everybody on Once Upon a Time in a role net and meeting uh, Harlan Williams, who's a Canadian comic, and he's also an American actor. Yeah. I was on Package Deal with him. So I've just... 
So there you go. That you're, it's never too late. It's just never too yeah. late. I never in my wildest dreams yet thought hey, this would happen. Never thought I'd get back to theater. Never thought I'd get into film and TV. What? I was starting to sound <laughs> like my old boss. What? That's not gonna. But you know what? That's where you believe in yourself. You're confident in yourself, and just you know what? Have fun. Yes, you have to be serious about it, but you really have to remember the passion and the funness of it all too. I walk in, when I walk into going to go into an audition, before I go in, I just go, it's showtime. I get to go play and have fun, right? No matter what type of role it is, serious or not. Yeah. I love that. That's such a great mindset. And I think it goes right back to kind of what you were saying you teach in your class and kind of keep that, that fire and the passion going. Because I think, yeah, once that once that kind of candle and fire burns out, which, yeah, like you're saying, it can flicker. We're human, right? This yeah. is a weird industry. It can yeah. be really frustrating. But if it ever leaves, like, then there is no point, I think, because there's so many other things that you could be doing in this world. Yes. I mean, if you're in it for the money, don't be, because go if you're in it for health benefits, go work at Starbucks because they'll give you health benefits. Like, yeah. you need to be in this fickle, weird industry for for you yes otherwise it's honestly not worth it well and i know one fellow he um i taken classes with him when i first started out and he was younger than me but uh he took classes like i did i mean when i came to vancouver i was like a kid in a candy store there were so many classes i was just sucking it all in because we didn't have hardly (laughs) anything back in the okanagan at that time and i remember he got uh, was it a supporting reoccurring or something on a series and after he did it he he came back to me and the teacher goes well don't like it getting out of it i went after all what you did he just found out it just wasn't up his alley and i really think that's where you have to come to terms with it because it is Mm. a it is a different type of a profession but if you're passionate and if you love it because let's face it You can be auditioning like crazy, and then you can be not. You can be auditioning and booking like crazy, and then then not. And I think this is when people Mm -hmm. get frustrated. But you know what I always say? Don't tunnel vision with your acting. Yes, you want to act. You want to get roles because you love it and that. But you should always have something else that you're doing in your life. So at the time when it is stagnant, uh, I don't like to say that word stagnant, but time when it's not, you know, you're not auditioning maybe as much, you're not booking as much, have something else that's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, I've seen people go into a depression. I've seen them get mentally and physically ill. And that's not what it's supposed to be be about. Then you really Mm -hmm. have to think about, are you in it for the right reasons? And should should you be in it? Um, that's why for me, the joy of being a talent scout, doing these classes, doing this ducks in a row, but also is, um, my daughter and I, um, I have a best-selling book about her autism journey. Jenny has a best-selling dice, uh, called Dysnomia. It's a fantasy fiction trilogy. So we're doing a lot of book signings. We're doing a speaking engagement next week at the Pacific Autism Center about our story and books. So that's my other avenue I go into when I'm not busy. But let's face it, uh, with COVID, as Canadian actors, we've been very fortunate these last few years, but my heart goes out to anybody who's died of COVID, sick of COVID. But what it's done for us is people from all over the world have not been able to cross over. So it's given us more Mm -hmm. opportunities to audition, more opportunities to book, but also, this is number one, to book bigger 
rules. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we, we've been fortunate that way. I mean, everything's starting to stream back now because what we were finding a lot of the times, I remember one girl saying to me one time that she went and auditioned and she came out and she goes, you know, Janet, she says, I think they've already booked it because that happens sometimes that they've already booked the role with American actor. But I looked at mm-hmm. her and I said, you know what? I can't think about it that way. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to knock their socks off so they're going to want to kick out that American actor. <laughs> Nothing to you American actors. Oh, sorry. But you know what I <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I can't even look at it that way. I just want to go in there, yeah. do my best. I've done my homework. Jack, you never know. You might say, oh, well, I kind of like that. Maybe, oh, you know, you just don't know, right? Yeah, you just don't know. Is there anything you're looking forward to coming up this year? Oh, boy. Um, there's so much. Um, I, I, I have a movie coming out called Invasions, and it's coming mm-hmm. out, and um, it's either coming out through Crave or another avenue, but uh, we did it in the Okanagan. Uh, this is a really cool psychological thriller movie, and uh, I don't know if you know Lockham Monroe, but he's I've been in a couple of things with him. Lockham Monroe plays the dad in Riverdale, and he's been in movies with yes. Clint Eastwood and all that. Well, I've done a couple of movies with him, and he's in this one too. But it's a really good psychological thriller. It was filmed in the Penticton area, and this is this is no word of a lie, but this the story. It's a female director and writer. She's fantastic, um, Sophie. Um, she wrote it where there's supposed to be fires going on in that, and this is when the Penticton fire was, the Okanagan fire. So we were filming within the fires. I remember driving to different locations that were outside of Penticton, and the smoke was almost up to the, the side of the highway, oh and it was God. so hot, and some of our, our takes were um, on on the the pave uh, on the pavement so it'd be like 38 39 because it was really hot and the time when we were filming too in july and august covid had peaked <laughs> the okanagan oh. so there was so much going on but such great the heart and soul the acting the the essence of this story i am looking so forward um to that um and and there's been auditions i've been doing for Major TV shows, uh, movies, some I can't even say. Um, you know, I, I just did a fun commercial one for Old Spice yesterday. I haven't done very many commercials because Union don't have a lot of commercials, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, yeah. I've been more focused on the film and uh, the, the TV shows and, and, and the movies. But I've just had opportunities for places in... Uh, I've auditioned for things in the States, for things in Quebec, for things in Toronto, for things, you know. So I've been very fortunate and... I feel blessed what I've been auditioning for. So, you know, you always cross your fingers. But I, you know what I always say? On to the next one. That's out of your hands, right? You're not in control of it. The casting director and the producer, that's... And, I mean, my agent showed me when I booked Fargo what the stepping stone it went through. I mean, right up even to the Coen brothers. Oh. And I'm going, okay, this is nuts. So, yeah. So, I'm looking forward to seeing this movie come out because so much heart and soul and hard work went, went into it. But I'm also looking forward to... My daughter and I's book signings coming up. Uh, we've got five scheduled at Indigo's and Chapter Stores in BC here. We're hoping one day to do a cross-Canada tour. Hey, come out to Toronto. Um, yeah, and, and other speaking engagements. So uh, that's fun. I'm a breast cancer survivor, so I'm seriously thinking of making writing a humorous book about breast cancer. Um, wow. So, yeah, so there's a lot of avenues that are happening in the acting uh, in the books 
and just doing things in 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 my life as 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 well. So yeah, I love it so much to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, uh, it, it, it's just you know you when you put your heart and soul into films and you see the camaraderie in it. Um, when you see people are working so hard because nowadays we these last two years we've been doing these self tapes and that's something else I talk about in my class too because I don't know about you I did my first physical audition yesterday which was kind of you go oh yeah we're back in the room because it's such you get you were so used to being in the room because what I love about the room is you get to read with the read even though you do when you're doing your self tapes but the reader's actually there and then if the the casting director has redirect. They can give it to you right there, so you can you mm. know work on it. But when you're in your self taping, you don't get that as much because you're kind of redirecting yourself when you're you're looking at it. Yeah. But then self tapes are great if you work. You can do it at night. You can do it early in the morning. Um, but I always tell people, watch when you're self taping. Don't do it six or seven times because you're not going to get that in an audition room. Try and do it to the two, maybe the three, because usually in a, a physical audition room, you get to audition once. Then sometimes you get a redirect and twice, and the odd time you'll get to do it a third time. So if you're taking six, seven takes at home, you're not going to get that in a physical edition. So that's where you have to mm. train yourself to make sure you can do that in that one, two, three at, at, at home as, as well. Yeah. yeah. That's great advice. Again, that's that's the training, right? Just like you gotta be you gotta be prepared for stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Do you do you have any final words of wisdom? <laughs> No pressure. No, no, no. No, you're not pressuring me. Let me say, thank you for having me, number one. You are a joy. You've got the most beautiful personality about your beautiful inside and out. Thank you. But your questions are so, you've made me so comfortable. And and, and it's just, this conversation has flowed and you're just so easygoing to talk to and that. And the questions are so good because this will really relate to a lot of people, whether they're starting out or they're in the, been in the industry. I, I think mainly is for people who are wanting to take the dive, take the jump into acting, go for it. I mean, seriously, just go for it. Give it, give it your best shot and see if it's for you. But number one, have fun with it. Go do background. See what it's like. And if you go, hey, I think I'd like to try that. Then try short films. Because short films and student films, you don't per se, you don't need an agent per se. You can just audition yourself. Take classes. See if you like taking the classes and the workshops. Because they're a key to, you know, eventually booking, being on set, getting, getting an agent. And I would just say for actors who've been doing it for a while um, or whatever, ladder your you step you're on your ladder just keep the passion persevere push down those girls with those barriers those obstacles i look at my daughter who was diagnosed with low functioning autism when she was three i was told she would never talk well never do well in school never be where her peers are her future was going to be bleak i remember walking out of that specialist room because she didn't even give me a smidgen of positives this this was 26 years ago and you know i never even heard of the word autism you couldn't you know it's it's hard enough and you feel for your child and you're trying to figure it out yourself because you're in the dark but not even give me a smidgen of positive i remember walking out of that door going door going my poor mom breathing down her neck that's not gonna happen i look at my daughter now who trekked through the trenches of bullying climbed up the slippery mountain slopes of academics jumped up at the top 
got accepted to Vancouver Film School, where she is now a professional 2D, 3D animator, and then jumped on top of the clouds and has written a best-selling, award-winning uh, fantasy fiction book, Dysnomia, that is going to be made into movies or TV series. Now, there's a girl who put away her fears, pushed out her barriers, and just went for it. So, if she could go after her dream, why can't any one of us go after ours, no matter what age we're, we're at? And I think especially for older actors, like for older people who wanted to do it when they were young or now they're retired and thinking, oh, what am I going to do now? Because I'm 66 and I feel 36 and I'm going to keep on going to the very end. And my son says, oh, you probably wear a miniskirt when you're 85. I said, I just might do that. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's keeping... And it's hard. We're human. We're going to go through some stuff, um, you know, where we have to pull up our socks and, you know, have a good cry or whatever. But I really think if it's something that you do want to try, just try it. If it's a dream of yours, if it's a goal of yours, it doesn't matter what age, especially if you're older, just give it a go because you don't want to kick yourself in the butt afterwards if you didn't, if you didn't go for it. And I, like I say, um, kudos, Chris, my son, for for giving me that little extra extra push Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and thank you, fellow Janet, for being my guest this week. Thank you for sharing your incredible story. Everyone, if you're interested in taking Janet's class, all the information on how to take her class will be in the show notes below. Also, information on where you can find her best-selling book. I highly recommend you read it. It's an incredibly inspiring story. And again, we are supporting a fellow second act actor and doing what they love, bringing their art into the world and into the community at large. When one of us shines, all of us shine. Thank you, Moira Rose, the gospel according to Moira Rose. I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye. Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume, additional sound editing by David Studio, additional video editing by Jackie Wadewer, show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancys, Judgy McJudgersons, or Debbie Downers, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye! Bye!